0: This is Rick Atwater. Welcome to Straight Stuff on Addictions. Tonight's show is heroin and redemption. And uh, hopefully tonight we'll be able to uh, be broadcasting live, and uh, and we can take your calls. Uh, we've upgraded, so uh, you know hopefully things will work out. And um, so I'm glad that you could join us tonight. And I'm going to uh, introduce our guest uh Will P who's going to talk to us about uh his experiences um I have a few questions for him and then maybe maybe you have some others as we go um I just want to thank Brendan for the music for our introduction tonight and um we have a live studio audience of one <laughs> <laughs> So, so, let's get this started um well, let me just ask you this um, uh, our show tonight is about it's about heroin, and so maybe you could tell us a little bit about how it started for you
1: okay, yeah, um I'm gonna do a thing that everyone hates. I'm gonna talk about gateway drugs. How about that? <laughs> I was Eleven and I was experimenting with marijuana hmm. and alcohol, and I had gone to the house that I would purchase my marijuana from, hmm. and I walked in on a circle of people shooting up and I, I was asked to come in and take my shoes off and stay a while and long story short, long story longer, someone ended up in, injecting heroin into, in between my toes hmm. and why then, why between your toes? I mean, so wouldn't so no one could see. Oh, okay. by your socks and feet. Wouldn't
0: most people just, uh, did, I mean, I just would assume most people would have shot it up in a in a in a more accessible vein, but not not so, huh?
1: Well, it, it, as as I became more of a pro, as oh. you will, absolutely. Yeah. Mm, no, my, actually, I would win as far as using my neck, oh, okay. and and that shows quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I would think. <laughs> I would think. So between your toes.
1: But that was the beginning. Yeah. No. Yeah.
0: Yeah, were people
1: snorting it in those days? N- not to not to my experience. I was only around the only people that used heroin when I was younger was uh, my drug dealer and his older friends, which I was in. I was in was junior is that junior high? How old were you? Twelve, eleven. I guess that would be seventh seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't know any of these people at all. He, okay. he was twenty uh, something, Mm-hmm. and so I didn't. They didn't snort, and I didn't know anyone else that he was other than okay. me. And
0: yeah,
1: and it was kind of something that I always like. I didn't I didn't go and hook my friends up. I didn't go and sit with my friends and share needles. That's just something that I did for like you know fifteen years of my life on my own. Like, so so I, tell me
0: how that. Ca- how did that so that continued like was that scary for you at eleven or twelve years old to be walking into this group of twenty year olds or were you just kind of that kind of kid that you could do that
1: yeah i um i I certainly was scared but something about myself and maybe about the alcohol um alcoholism mm-hmm. or the the disease of addiction the uh the stigma theres i was I was just scared of everything, hmm. you know. It was like, so just not knowing what to do in any circumstance, any situation. That's that's how, that's how I was when I was younger, and that's how I was when I was older until I but, found this. Uh, I
0: suppose if you're scared of everything, then that something like that isn't any more scary than right something else. Did you were there was there any other heroin around you and your your situation that you knew about
1: and your, had you ever heard about it or did you have any stereotypes about it? Movies and rock stars and that kind of thing. And it's only had heard things and whatever. And maybe seen a few things on like a movie, but nothing like,
0: yeah. So it was like a rock star. Well, you're a rock star. So. (laughs) (laughs) In my own mind, brother. (laughs)
1: All right. So.
0: So tell me how what what pieces had the like how did how did that continue then what what sort of what went down with the with that from the first time you used
1: it would be like that he probably was just trying to shut me up and get me out of there because shortly thereafter I'd be pushed out the door
0: mm-hmm. and the door
1: was locked behind me <laughs> and then maybe maybe not even. Six to eight hours later, I'm banging on that door, needing to get in and needing to get more. And that's kind of how it
0: then... And did that happen pretty much right from the right from the start? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because you hear people say, you know, you know heroin's so dangerous because, you know, you can get addicted after the first time you use it or the second time you use it. Is that true?
1: It, it was for me, but I was addicted just so much before heroin. So I, I don't know that I could say that, like,
0: okay, every yeah, single generally.
1: person is, but that's been my experience, yes.
0: Yeah. So, all right. So, so, so keep. Let's follow the lead then. So, where does that take? Where does that take us then next?
1: So then we go to excuse my Drink here. Mm-hmm. And then immediately, being that young and not working, I'm uh, <clears throat> finding things to do, to acquire money, to to get more. Mm-hmm. And this guy, the the drug dealer, I guess. Would would take me into the city with him
0: mm-hmm.
1: and let me out in areas that um, you know suburban white kids shouldn't be in, mm-hmm. and I would go about looting and anything that wasn't nailed down back to him, and then he would send me into the places to uh, cop the drugs for him, and then I would get my allowance to hold Certain me until the next time. I got you,
0: and that allowance would be drugs. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right, and how how far down the road are we, like, time-wise? Are we a year in now or more than that? Yeah,
1: it, that went on until I was probably old enough to drive myself. So oh,
0: okay, so until you were...
1: I would have a relationship with this guy in that way and, and other, other people, a similar kind of thing, using me for doing criminal acts. Okay. Through all my adolescence up until i can you know i can afford a car or steal a car then i can drive myself and take care of my own stuff
0: i gotcha does does
1: the the criminal stuff and
0: the heroin um pretty much uh go together i mean is that is that generally true or or is that just your case or what do you i mean i know you don't know what you know everybody does but just in your in your opinion does that does that generalize
1: i i i think so the the circles that i ran with anyhow was uh i'll call i'll say disorganized crime <laughs> <laughs> disorganized yeah. organizations right right when <laughs> there was there was a lot of heroin use specifically right. shooting up right and uh they they all no one had a legal gig.
0: I got you, yeah. Known as junkie crime, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Um, okay, so that a lot of that goes on, and that that kept going. And did you keep going after you were able to get your get get around yourself? I mean, now you're driving and you're done with that with that other fellow that you're talking about that got you started. Did it conti- how did it continue then? How did it look when you were on your own?
1: Well, it'd be several years because I uh, I didn't have the ability to uh, hold on to a car or even have a license. So I was eighteen. Okay. And but at which case, then it would be the same stuff, different day, mm-hmm. different people. But I, that would then I would take it upon myself to take it right of the to mm-hmm. fence my stuff or whatever. Okay. Whatever I was into at that time.
0: Okay. So you were doing this. You were doing the basically the same stuff you're just doing you're doing it on your own mm-hmm. okay all right so maybe you can take us to like where where it started to tip over like I mean how were you feeling about it at that point were you just did you know like that it was that it was bad or did you just think this was the way life was or
1: I'm, I'm trying to uh Pinpoint your question, Rick, because the important thing in my in my personal life was I've been trying to be clean and sober for thirteen plus years now, and and I only have been clean and sober since two thousand five. Okay. So I'm I'm wondering. Well, like what when when i if we go, if we go back to the point at which
0: you're you're now like eighteen or thereabouts. Okay. And I'm making the assumption that it got it it went downhill from there to to a certain point <clears throat> what what was it that 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 tipped us tipped you over to that what 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 took you down i guess is is what I'm asking
1: i guess um just the just being owned the sheer dependence of you know not being able to even Use a restroom before taking care of that business first. Yeah. And because I can't say it was one particular bad thing that happened to me because a lot of bad things happened to me and, you know, I, I know that I caused them all. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's n- n- nothing like I never had a situation that made me go, oh, maybe I shouldn't be shooting dope. <laughs> no one. Or maybe no this one. was too many, maybe Maybe two, three packages is too much. Yeah. And I never, never ever did that. It was just it hurts take the pain away it sucks life sucks keep going take the pain away
0: yeah and it just went on and on and on yeah okay and then
1: and you got sober in
0: 2005 right so you went a long way down yeah downhill so, cuz you're talking from 18 and you're not a you you're, you ain't no spring chicken right I'm now from yeah. Yeah. yeah so okay so Let's talk about a couple of those things, maybe that um, that you think were the some of the standout things that helped you get to the bottom. Like we had t- we were talking a little earlier about about kids, about relationships, stuff like that. Maybe you can tell us one of those one of those stories. Maybe you can talk about the the kid story.
1: Okay, I got I got a few. I'll use two. Okay. Um, the, the, when a, if you put it that way, if I think. If I if I try to pinpoint like things where where like I just knew that I was doing wrong for the first time in my life. Yeah. And one would be like you brought up my daughter Lisa Marie. She's ten now. I've seen her five times. She does live in a different part of the state. But uh, I found out that she. I found out that I, I even had a daughter when she was already four. <clears throat> it upset me. Instead of going, oh, hey, you know, I haven't been in my daughter's life for a while. You know, maybe I need to rectify that. I loaded a shotgun, put it on my Harley, and I shot downstate. And I put her mother and her grandfather in the hospital. And then I didn't see her at all because, you know, you don't usually stick around and, like, play with their kid after <laughs> right the cops are there
0: right that's kind of a yeah, yeah we kind of
1: so then i don't i didn't see her for uh at all until until she was six and she had an accident and it tough a little bit. yeah
0: so all right so that was when that was when you were still using so maybe maybe we can talk a little bit about how you know so you you got to you got to the point where you felt like you needed to recover and you let's talk about how that how that happened how how did you how did you finally get sober
1: okay that's an easier question yeah i would have gone to 6 plus treatment centers from from the age of started my my first one i was 14 so 6 plus treatment centers hmm. from now from then until 2005 my last one and the court-appointed, and in and out of institutions and correctional facilities, mm. <clears throat> and just finally getting to the place where I just can't live like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And 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 being around, I can say the program, right? I mean, every, yeah. all the listeners understand that there's a 12-step program that we belong yeah. to, correct? Right.
0: Okay. And you're, you know, you're you're protected. So. Very right, good.
1: good. Being around. Said program um, enough to know that there's an easier, softer way to see people, you know, living without using a substance. Because I, I didn't understand that. I didn't think that you could function in life without chewing up prior. It wasn't even, it wasn't even getting high. Because when I started as a kid, I always wanted to get high. And the people like, "What do you want to do? Well, I want to get high. Let's go get high." And, you know, aerosol cans, whatever it was, I wanted to get high. But when, when, when that, when eleven, twelve, when that switched to heroin, that, that getting high thing was gone. It was a job. It was no longer a a choice.
0: It was just not being sick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Take the pain away.
0: Mm-hmm. What a horrible way to live. For sure. Mm.
1: But uh, so um. When I saw, you know, I I I didn't understand that, you know, you could you could maybe hold a job, you could maybe have children in your, your children in your life, maybe even a wife if you're you know lucky and <laughs> you have one now. I do. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you are lucky. I am. <laughs> has she told you that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every day, brother.
1: <laughs> She's probably listening right now. I love her. Yeah, bro. she probably is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had to, ask. Okay. Yeah. I had to throw that in there. like
1: that, yeah, yeah. I, so
0: normal I, people, so so yeah, they, you started figuring yeah. out what normal people do, yeah, did you, I mean, all of those treatments from the time you were fourteen and all that stuff did did you uh, did the light ever come on? At all, and you know, did the light, did did the light ever flicker and then go back out, or did it just never go on at all until you finally caught on in two thousand and five?
1: I didn't have any power. Hmm. The light, no, no juice.
0: No juice. Yeah.
1: I, I, you know, I periodically took the bulb out, shook it, and didn't it didn't tingle. (laughs) I put it back in, but I didn't have any juice. I had no power to get it going. Yeah,
0: and that's and the power was. When you finally got in the twelve step program
1: and found what, that there's a power greater than myself okay. that can, that can yeah. run the show for me, and that's what lit it up. Yeah.
0: Okay. Would you would you say um, could you put your finger on anything that you would say was in, is, as far as your recovery is concerned that would you would call a miracle?
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, it's like.
0: <laughs> To find that any way you want. I mean, maybe
1: the whole thing's a miracle. I think the fact that that we're having this interview and I'm alive today is a miracle. But that's a cop out. I'll give you all another one. No, nah, <laughs> I mean that'll work. But but if you got an, if you got another one, I'll take it. Um, the uh, the situation I talked about my daughter a little while ago. Hmm. Uh, I I don't think I got as far to say that. I put a grandfather in the hospital, and he paid me. I'll say fifteen hundred bucks. Fifteen hundred, fifteen thirty-five.
0: Yeah,
1: you were negotiating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He paid me um, some money to sign my rights off legally to my daughter, so I wouldn't be in her life ever again.
0: Now this is prior to recovery. Now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But, yeah, yeah. but in recovery and through through my life change
0: mm-hmm. and
1: through just, you know, God changing me and, you know, staying clean and sober one day at a time, this man has forgiven me since, and he has been a a, a very strong role in me getting my daughter back as far as few um, visitation rights and able to see her we're still working on a lot of that because there's there's still wreckage. I I did some horrible things as I as I shared. Yeah. But just the fact that my daughter knows I'm her daddy, Mm-hmm. and we'll, when she's on the phone with me, you know she calls me daddy and says she loves me. That's a miracle.
0: Yeah, it is. And it truly is. And and the fact <clears throat> that he this man forgave you.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah and you know he he doesn't even have to him or my my daughter's mother or any of the police officers in the past or the you know and people in society in general don't have to ever assume that I've changed right you don't have to ever assume that I'm a different guy hmm. they could just be like that, that that guy is this you know you just he stay away this. from him yeah. and and you'll be fine
0: right he was well, that, and he'll always be. And, right. Yeah.
1: But just the fact that that changes or can change, that's a miracle to me. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm not, my wife tells me this quite a bit. She'll say, you know, it's amazing that you're not in a joint still. Mm-hmm. And that, that is for me. I, I do a prison ministry now. And yeah. when, whenever, I, before I go in, when I come out, I say, man, the God, go I. Yeah. Rather
0: be honest. Really oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So there's been a lot of miracles, and maybe you know, I was going to ask you if, if there's been any angels, you know, uh, angels as far as you know, in in, in the, fle- the flesh type, you know, but obviously that that guy was mm-hmm. one, you know, that guy was one for sure.
1: And there's countless, um, you know, the the sponsors in the program, and you, mm-hmm. you talk about just the fellowship in general, mm-hmm. you know. When I when I came into my new life in 2005, right. I was a scumbag. You know, I didn't. I used to walk across the street and, you know, do they know where this air Like, do they understand that the suburbs, probably? Maybe not? I don't know. I don't know. Depends on who's listening. <laughs> All but. right. Well, I used to walk across the street and the car doors would go... I'll be locked. Yeah. And windows would roll up. Uh-huh. And... I hadn't changed appearance or demeanor or attitude at all walking into the fellowship I belong to today. And guys got up and hugged me up and said, hey, you know, I was in the right place and I was safe. Mm-hmm. And they told me they would love me until I learned to love myself. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know what the heck that was. And I thought they were all queers. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that. Well, yeah. that's a roomful full of angels. That's you a roomful full know? of angels i got a phone full of guys I can call any yeah. second of the day, you know, if anything should happen, anything from I need help or I'm mature, taking care of what you need.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and did did you recognize that you had changed or who recognized that first? Was was that other people? Was that you that happened at the same time?
1: Um, yeah. It would, I guess, them first.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Did, but well, not me so did, many. Not so many car doors were locking. <laughs> In silly ways, like yeah. the thing that I laughed myself about, and I just thought of when you said that, was that my family. <clears throat> the the first like, first week I was sober, my mother was trying to be so supportive of me. Mm-hmm. She had gone to, her first um treatment meeting family treatment meeting cuz she had like no she was oblivious not in. My, I wasn't you know she did not know of my my lifestyle so this was the first time she was involved yeah with my recovery mm-hmm. and she she wouldn't you know she was really trying to build me up and say you can do this you know and she, so my first week out of treatment in 2005 she's trying to tell me all ways that I've changed I hadn't changed at all because I just wasn't shooting dope. I was still a jerk and you yeah. know, I was still a scumbag yeah. at that point. Right. But she told me that I, I don't sleep as much and I don't wear long sleeves anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I well, had changed at that point. You changed, but um, la- later on, as time would go on, um, <clears throat> I, you know, I would respond differently to things, and then I would get that. Oh, that's different, you know. That, right. Well, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I'll I, I'll disclose this
0: this much about about myself, and I I know you, so I've seen, I've I, I saw you when the car doors were, were closing and the windows were rolling up, and uh, and then I see you now, and what I see now is a kind man, a genuinely Good-hearted, kind, helpful man. Thank you. I mean, that's a miracle. That's mm-hmm. that's, that's truly right. a miracle. I mean, that's why that's that's why the show is called Heroine and Redemption, right? <laughs> because <laughs> this is this is redemption. You know, I mean, I I couldn't I couldn't have asked a, per, a more appropriate person to be talking about this than than you. You know, when I when I thought about this, I had to I had to ask you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of redemption stories out there, but but you know, not not mm not not quite like this, not quite like this you know, so so that's you know that's that's really a beautiful story that that you have to tell and um uh, how would you how would you describe your life now i mean what, what would you say what, what would you say you know it's like
1: um well, the first thing that pops in my head is manageable <laughs> but uh yeah That's just me trying to be humble.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Fantastic is a better word. Just beyond my design, you know, if I could, if I could break out the blueprint and plan my life, I would find it wanting compared to what I have today. Mm. Mm. And what I have today is a gift from, from my higher power. I choose Mm. to call God Mm -hmm. and the fellowship of the program I belong to. And it's, you know, it's, I've obtained, I've gained things back that I never thought I would. I thought that I had long since given up for life, and I've obtained things that I thought I would never achieve in life. You know, I, I've crossed thresholds. I, you, you, you mentioned I was married. Mm-hmm. That happened in recovery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have a two and a half year old son with my wife. Happened in recovery, mm-hmm. and you know, to that, I had, uh, I've had four children. My oldest son lives in L.A., thinks I'm a one-night, thinks he's a product of a one stand, has never met me. And then there's my daughter, 10-year-old daughter, and I had a, I had a baby in between that. My son that, that was uh, born early, uh, crack addicted, and alcoholic Down syndrome, and he passed. Hmm. So just to have my son an opportunity to be a dad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really a beautiful thing. How are we doing on the time there, engineer? We got you got three solid minutes there. Okay, well then let me just let me just sort of I want to tie up a, a a little bit of a knot here and and in you know fairly short period of time we talk we've talked a lot in the professional community about the the absolute epidemic of heroin right now in the suburbs. What? What can you say about that? What do you what, what's what's happening with that? Why is that happening? And do you have any thoughts about what what needs to be done about that, or what can be done about that?
1: I I think as if we as we've talked a lot, Rick. I think there's a band aid on. it. I think everyone's thinking, oh, we, our kids don't do heroin. Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's not out in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place, and now they're starting to That's, see that. Right. But they uh they don't know how to. They're like, oh, you know, it's it's people from the city moving out to the suburbs, bringing the heroin in. Um, it's, but it's people that live in the suburbs going out to and hooking up the whole town.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And They're going in and getting it.
1: Yeah. And yeah. But there's a lot of those that are being shut down now. Yeah. I've seen in my town I live in.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Like, I know um, two families that... Uh, did that for a living for many years and and now reside in Statesville. So
0: Yeah, local, that would be the uh, penitentiary. Yeah,
1: correctional
0: institution <laughs> 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 Okay, well, I mean that, that's good to hear and I think one of the certainly one of the things that that is going to make a difference there is the awareness of it in the in the and uh, in, in the the uh, the enforcement of, of the laws um, and then then I guess the last the you know the last thing is that we have to know they're doing it. They're you know it's it's not them, it's it's us. And I always when I when I do talks about heroin and stuff like that, I always have the audience um I always say, let's everybody stand up and say the H word. So I'd like to close by saying the H word together. Can we say heroin Yeah, we got heroin. It's here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for joining us tonight. I hope you join us again next week. Hope you enjoyed the show.
1: (laughs) you.